You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, and is recorded at the Francis Roy office in Valparaiso, Florida. A lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. Never to exceed 30 minutes, this podcast is an easy addition to your playlist of favorites. Let's get started with this week's guest. Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke, and I'm excited because today we have our first professional race car driver. And I'm going to let him introduce himself. JM, will you tell us who you are? Yes, hello. I am Juan Manuel Correa. And as you said, I am a race car driver. Excellent. So race car driving. When I think of race car driving, I don't think of exactly what you do. So will you educate us a little? Right. So there's a, a lot of different types of race car drivers and different categories you can drive in. I have chosen since a young age to go through the Formula One path, so trying to get to Formula One. And that means mainly racing in Europe. You race through their junior categories, which are Formula Four, Formula Three, Formula Two, and uh, eventually fight for a seat at the top spot. So this year I raced in the Formula Three World Championship and I'm looking to head back up to to Formula Two, which is the last step in in the pyramid before the the big one. So yeah, mainly based and and, and racing mostly in in Europe at the moment. Excellent. And where are you from originally? So I was born in Ecuador, but uh, grew up in Miami. So my mom's Ecuadorian, my dad is American. And then when I was 14, I moved over to Europe to follow my Formula One dreams over there. So I think I'm uh, a big mix of, of a lot of cultures uh, by now. I'm 23 now, so I've lived uh, a third of my life uh, in, in the three different continents. You're 23. We talked before this interview the same age as my daughter. Yep. It's crazy. It's crazy to, I think, you know, high-performance young people, that's 23 can almost be old. I don't know if it is yes. in Formula One, right? like racing, is it? Uh, I wouldn't say old, um, mm-hmm. but definitely we, we lose kind of perspective on, on age because you know, you're retiring when you're maybe in your mid thirties, wow. that's when you're old as, as a driver. Mm-hmm. Whereas in life, mid thirties, you're still very young. Um, yeah. And yeah, like in my case, for example, this year in Formula Three, I was one of the oldest ones in that category. Wow. People in Formula One are between 22 to 35 years old. So wow. I'm already in that range. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned the age thing. That's pretty incredible for 23, from my perspective. Anyway. <laughs> um, I was still in college at 23. So um, what's really interesting is, I, you know, I personally don't know a lot about formula um, racing, but our listeners are all creative entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of them are, are young. A lot of them are in different countries. And, you know, we talk about different topics on, on our podcast about, you know, how we get through, how we push through um, when we're going through like creative ruts or failures or setbacks. I mean, we really feel like in a lot of ways what we create and what we put out in the world is so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a very vulnerable practice. Mm-hmm. And not everybody likes it. Not everybody likes you. Not everybody likes what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you push through that? You're kind of you, this is your comeback moment too. Like, mm. I don't know, what's, what creates your grit, your resilience? Where does that come from? Mm. For me personally, it comes from um, wanting to stand out and kind of do my, my own things. I, I've always been a big fan of being different in a way. 
and mm-hmm. that uh, I, I always knew I, I didn't want to have a let's say normal a life. Normal job. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was always a big thing for me. In my case, I also was very very competitive from a young age. Mm-hmm. So it kind of naturally um, took me down the sports path. Okay. My family were still are big racing fans. We okay. never had any professional drivers in, in the family, so it's not like I, I learned from somebody. But um, I just got the, the racing bug quite young. Mm-hmm. And um, I think all that combined with, one, the support my family gave me when, when I said, hey, I want to be a race car driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just my my personality, my competitiveness, and uh, also a, a bit my maturity. And uh, from my young age, I, I was always willing to sacrifice for things I wanted to do. So. Right. I always kind of had this attitude, like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it properly. Mm-hmm. And I think all that kind of came together to create pretty good profile to become a, a professional race car driver. Yeah. So, yeah, and that, that has been, I think, the, the main motivator for me. I think it's interesting because um, I have immigrant parents as well. My mom is from the Philippines. She was born in Manila. Sometimes when we like half of our family is American, the other half has this other experience with a different culture. We see a lot of drive and motivation when we're from different places. It just creates, I don't know, you've never seen it before. You've never done it before. Nobody in your family's ever done it before, but maybe you were exposed in some way and you're like, I'm going to try that. Has your family been very supportive? From the, the get-go? They have. We didn't have any professional drivers, but my family were, were big into racing. I, mm-hmm. I grew up on, on wheels. I always say that. Like I got my first bicycle when I was two years old, my first motorcycle when I was three and a half, yeah. and I started racing motocross when I was four. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I grew up with anything that had an engine and, and wheels. I, I was on it. So uh, I remember... My earliest memories were watching Formula One every weekend with with my father in, in his mm-hmm. bed and, you know, looking at all these drivers and they were my heroes and, you know, the, the, the passion was always there. Yeah, I think, as you said, also being um, from Ecuador as well and living there for the very early mm-hmm. parts of, of my childhood as well, they, it gives you a bit more perspective on, on the world, I mm-hmm. think, and uh, I feel like that has been uh, an advantage for me. Excellent. Well, it's so interesting because, you know, formula racing is popular in a lot of different, you know, circles and areas, but like Netflix special, Mm -hmm. it's having a little bit of a moment right now. Mm -hmm. You are what seems to be at a prime age. Do you feel like this is your moment? I do. I do. I think my my career has been quite strange due to the accident. Um, We'll probably get into that, but Mm -hmm. that kind of put a, a stop and a before and after. Yeah. Um, I felt like when the accident happened, I was in a similar momentum that I am in right now again, mm-hmm. where like things were just starting to happen. I was in a really good position. Mm-hmm. Motorsports was growing. Everything was going in, in the right way. And uh, then the accident happened and I didn't know if I would ever get back to that place again and I would have right. those opportunities. But I, I worked really hard to, to give myself the best possible chance of getting that career again and I feel like now finally uh, it's back Uh, really I I would say the end of this season has been super positive there's a lot of momentum building yeah I do think like I'm in a in a really good position and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying it so I don't know that I definitely want to get into the accident so much you mentioned it but Mm -hmm. I want to talk about your mindset now Mm -hmm. you're in our community right now and you're here, you're an ambassador for Step One Automotive Group, which is, you know, a huge community player in our local community. Yep. You're representing Step One Motorsports. 
your mindset is primed, you're in this, you know, wonderful time for formula racing, you know, what does it mean to be able to share kind of like your resilience, the efficiency that you experience as a professional driver, and just kind of like your experience in like leading a team? I mean, is that really instrumental in your partnership with Step One? Yes, mm-hmm. I really feel that the aspects I use to be a successful race car driver are very similar to the aspects Step One uses to be a successful company. Right. And and those aspects are mainly teamwork, leadership, and, and excellence. Yeah. You know, and those, those are all uh, things that are, are very important in, in sports in general. I, you know, I, yeah. I see a lot of sports people that come out of their sport and, and they become very successful entrepreneurs, for example, because sure. they have all these qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, same with, with the military. I see a lot of veterans come out of the military with all these great qualities of leadership, teamwork, sacrifice. And then they excel in jobs. Uh, so that, that's a very cool thing for me. Uh, and, and that's one of my favorite parts of being a race car driver, to be honest. Because I, I feel like even though I love what I do, mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to drive a car for the Forever. rest of my life. You know, right. I, like what I was saying, at mid-30s, maybe 40, max, you're going to retire. Yeah, I'll be dead and you'll be thinking about your next. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Come on. But, uh, but you know, at 40, you still have half of your life left right you, you right do. so mm-hmm. you got to find new challenges and yeah i've always been um conscious about that and, and there's a lot of things i want to do after being a race car driver i love business i love entrepreneurship so it's a bit early for me right now to think okay. about that but that excites me as well well and we talk a lot on our pod about how talent can only get you so far mm-hmm. you know we see a lot of raw talent in the creative field a lot of video talent photography talent design talent all of those things but it's like the soft skills, right? Mm-hmm. It's the punctuality. It's the loyalty. It's being dependable. Mm-hmm. It's driving. It's having a really healthy mindset. So, you know, how do you feel that? What is your morning? Everybody on this, everybody wants to know yeah. what your morning routine is like. <laughs> and it's so crazy because I, I see, I feel like people just are like writing it down. Like, okay, so JM gets up at 4.30 a.m. And I'm going to try that for a week. Right. But what works for you? Not necessarily what yeah. you recommend other people to do. Well, uh, yeah, look. This, this is funny because I'm actually dating a girl right now in London and she's very big into podcasts and mm-hmm. self-improvement. So she's yes. kind of the person that, oh, so what is this person doing? And that, and I'm very different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always have discussions about that with her because for me, I feel like everybody should just do what, what, works, what works for them. For you know, there's no mm-hmm. recipe. Yep. In, in my case, my, my morning is, is pretty standard. I'm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a huge morning person. I definitely don't like to wake up very late because I feel like the day is just gone, but I probably wake up around 7 a.m. I always make a point of putting my training sessions early in the morning okay. because that gives me, um, that makes sure, make sure I have a good day. You know, if, if I'm trained by 10 a.m., 11 a.m. and I've done two, three hours in the gym, my whole day is just going to look a lot better for, yeah. for the rest of it. But it's, my, my main challenge is with the amount of traveling I am doing, I think I'm on a plane on average maybe four times a month mm-hmm. or something crazy. Yeah. So, so the consistency, right? Exactly. It's very yeah. difficult to develop uh, a proper routine. Mm-hmm. So what actually has ended up working best for me is I have more of a mental routine where I know exactly what I'm going to be doing for the next, let's say, two, three weeks. And already subconsciously, I am planning on when am I going to put in training time? When do I have to watch out for what I eat? sleep well, you know, time to relax. If I want to go party, that's fine. You know, I'll do it, but I make sure everything kind of fits into my big picture um, because I, I found that you cannot really have, when, when you're traveling that much, it's very difficult to have a proper, like, every day I'm waking up, 
I'm drinking uh, juice. Sometimes I wake up in a hotel and that's what there is for you breakfast. Is you know, you, you gotta get what you gotta get. So you, you, you become a lot more flexible. And I think that's actually um, a good thing because yeah. I see a lot of people, they, for some reason, they cannot stay in the routine and they're lost. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm very flexible. I can perform uh, pretty much anywhere and in any condition. So, Well, that kind yeah. of agility, I think, is rare. Yeah, It's certainly rare for someone 23. I don't think I've ever interviewed uh, someone <laughs> as young as you, but that kind of agility. But so it's really interesting. I'm just going to like think about that for a second and um, give myself a little bit of grace for every time I'm falling off my morning routine because that's yeah. <laughs> it's nice to hear that. And it, it, I think it makes you super relatable as well. Mm. So segueing to this question, which I think is just a really interesting question, but what do most people misunderstand about you? Mm, I think a lot of people that don't know me well think I'm uh, I'm a bit mean. Mm. Yeah. And uh, serious, a bit of of an a-hole in some ways. Mm. But I think it, it really is only people that have never really spoken to me. I think sometimes it's how I look, maybe my eyebrows. Yeah. make me look a bit mean um but then I, like it, it happens really often that people they have a, a conversation they're like oh wow you're actually really nice i'm like so yeah. so you didn't think i was nice before so maybe that's the the biggest misconception i think in a in a deeper way people in general don't expect a racing driver to be probably so aware of other issues in the world like okay. they kind of expect you to be a dumb athlete that just drives around in circles and mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, a lot of drivers are a bit like that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like there's a lot more to, to me than just driving around and, and, and driving a car fast. There's uh, other passions I have and other interests. Let's get into that with our last question mm-hmm. here. So what are you reading, watching, and listening to right now? Mm. I finished yesterday, actually, this book called Rich That Poor That, which That's I'm sure... a really great book. Interesting, yeah. It's an interesting book. I, I, it's a cl- I see you it's starting a, a business after this. Like... Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a classic. Yeah. Um, that's that's why I read it. Overall, it was it was good. The first the mm-hmm. first chapter, I was like, what What am I reading? You know, it's a bit like too too made up, but no, yeah. it, it it is uh, interesting. I am watching at the moment a documentary about the two thousand six anthrax attacks, two thousand two anthrax attacks. Interesting. It was right after nine eleven, yeah. I think. So I'm a big documentary guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the last one? What am I listening, what are you listening to? to? Mm-hmm. I started listening to this podcast about, I don't know what the name of the podcast is, but they're interviewing the founder of Rivian. Are ah. you aware of Rivian, the electric vehicle company? Yes. Uh, is that Diary of a CEO? Uh, no, but it's a similar, it's a very similar one. Okay. I, and I, I hear, I've, That's I've a listened great to Diary podcast. of a CEO as well. Yeah. Yes. So I was listening to this episode. Actually, quite relatable to step one because mm-hmm. it's about how this guy, guy uh, built his uh, car company and now it's kind of taking off. Yeah. Uh, but most of the time I listen to music. I love music. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of hip hop, some deep house and uh, some Spanish uh, reggaeton. Nice. That's, that's mainly my playlist. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending some time on our podcast today. Jam, you're obviously well-rounded, incredibly self-aware, and we wish you all the best on your future races. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Okay, guys, we're going to be back in two weeks with another guest. We'll talk to you then. Bye.